Well, hello to our listeners. This is Marsha Epstein and Jenny Washburn's back. Yay, sitting around the dining room <laughs> table, getting ready to do another episode of Talk With Me, where even though the major theme is about the intersection of art and mental health, we stretch that a little bit here, <laughs> although we always end up it's, talking about some art things, too, well, which is so cool. That and mental health is laughter, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, That's one of the best we do a lot of that. One of the best things. It's looks like spring almost outside, but it's Friday, January 26th, and it'll probably be below zero in two weeks. Who knows? <laughs> Because it is still January after all. And we have February to get yeah. through, which is always some, sometimes the hardest month to get through. For a lot of people, even though yeah. those days, their, their idea is that there are a lot of hard things about it. And then it's like, okay, wait a minute. Let's not lock into a bad week, a bad day, a bad month. Because there are always some really good things that are going Oh, absolutely. On. So there's that mixture of things. It, along the art line, I, I want to just say that, so right now, I am reading a book of poetry that my son sent to me, and he, he his, his Christmas gifts to us are always things from local stores in Portland, Oregon. Where oh, nice. Goes. So this was from an independent bookseller in, in Portland. I'm a big fan of buying from local businesses. Mm -hmm. And... I didn't, the, the poetry is actually by Ursula Le Guin, who's known very much for um, fantasy science fiction. Some of her work was really, I will say, life-saving for somebody who's very dear to me, um, reading stories, because a lot of times there's themes about good and evil. Uh, and for somebody who was living in a very hard, abusive life as a child, that, that Ursula Wins yeah. books were something that were really helpful. So it was like, Ralph didn't know that when he gave me that book. So it's like, oh my oh. gosh. And I didn't know until I saw the news this week that Ursula Le Guin died this week, that she was that's, living in Portland. That's how I knew the name. I'd yeah. seen that too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So she, she, I didn't realize she was a Portland-based writer, oh. as well as he oh, bought the interesting. book from a Portland store. And that, again, that this book, this author was very special to me, the ways he didn't know. And it's nice. like, that's one of those things to me that, that speaks to the power of art, that how uh -huh. important it is. Mm -hmm. You know, a number of, of people we knew who as kids or who are kids now, who part of what helps them get through the hard stuff in their life is being able to read. Yes. Being able to yes. hear somebody else, whether it's for diversion sometimes or a lot of times, whether it's fiction or, or nonfiction, seeing characters who are experiencing things similar to what this young person is going through and getting through it. Oh, that's what got me through my teen years, yeah. my, my um, tween years, actually. Yeah. yeah, I used to sit in a tree and write poetry or read poetry uh, when I was a kid. Yes, very good. <laughs> that's very yeah, good. down by the creek. Yeah. And I will <laughs> plug a book that I, that I discovered within the past month. I've been saying it to so many people. I don't know. I don't know anybody who hasn't had some really traumatic experiences and their losses, whatever. Yeah. You know, at different times, and and somehow I stumbled across this woman whose name is Megan Devine, and the title of the book is "It's Okay That You're Not Okay." Yeah. And I love the book. Yeah. I've been with my work in bereavement, with my work with people who are suicidal. Um, 
and it, I think it's like everybody should read it. And, and it's written so that there are different chapters about things. So you can read it in whatever order mm -hmm. you want to. She has a website, ref, Refuge and Grief. Um, and she has different, you, know, you can sign up for her email newsletter. Mm -hmm. And yes, she's promoting her book. and courses Sure, of course. Teaches, but. but she also is very generously sharing a lot. And basically the idea is for her, it was stimulated by her husband died at a young age in front of her swimming, and he was a strong swimmer. Oh, wow. And he died. And and that, you know, life has changed in a minute, and I didn't have any control over it. And now what? And realizing that because, in general, we don't talk about death as part of life. We don't talk about no. it. We pretend it's not going to happen. And so most people don't know unless they've had some experience and and healed mm -hmm. with some some guidance that was helpful. Yeah, most people don't know. You don't just get over it, right? And so you have right. these people going. What do you mean you're still having a hard time? You know, yeah. it's been six weeks. It's been two weeks. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's been six years, and you're still having a hard yeah, time. Yeah, and that and I mean, that's, that's yeah, yeah, because when people die that you're close to, it you always remember them, and you yeah. always miss. You yeah. always miss them. Yeah. 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 And that we need to, to be good with them. Yeah. Yeah. I have a poet friend, Wolfgang Karstens in Canada, who has a new little book out that's called Perpetual Pallbearer. Oh. And, and it's it speaks to that. It's the poems are about death and people who have died. Um, and it's it's that 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 perpetual pallbearer title, you know, that that you know, what does that mean to us? What does it mean to Wolf? You know, it means different things to different people, but but I know that for me, my first really significant experience of death was a friend who was in his twenties, um, a little bit younger than me, but we were both, you know, like mm -hmm. in our twenties. So I might have been I might have been thirty at that point. I don't anyway, but he was a social worker. His work was dedicated to working with people with AIDS. He was a gay man. He was a, a community activist in so many different ways. Um, and he died of AIDS. Um, and when he finally, he had been living, he wasn't living in Lawrence anymore. His work wasn't in Lawrence. And, and when he finally was ready to tell people of his illness, he was very ill. Yeah. And he was really coming back to Kansas knowing he was gonna die soon. Yeah. And, and Craig said, his name was Craig Miller, and Craig said, you know, I'm, I'm not really scared of dying. What I'm scared of is being forgotten. Oh. And that has always stuck with me. Isn't that, that interesting? We need to keep yeah. remembering mm -hmm. our loved ones, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and something else that, that I think was maybe um, with the Option B stuff, Cheryl Sandberg, who writes some great stuff about, you know, what do you do after trauma? Um, option B is how that's labeled. And, and you know, that there was one one of her blogs was about you can get you have the opportunity to continue to build the legacy of your absolutely own. and and i'm going to tie that back to art so a dear family who's um I'm trying to think maybe 19 year old son maybe 20 died of suicide and they're trying to figure out of so many things about the impact of their loss they they wanted to remember him his name was hunter sharp and one of the things that brought him great joy in times when, when he was feeling it, when he was able to feel yeah, great joy, right. was skateboarding. 
and he hung uh, out in the skate park mm -hmm. and he had friends who did that and that was an important part of his life and somehow in talking about things related to his his life and death it came together those benches that the van yes. Gogh program yeah. has benchmarked so they commissioned a bench in hunter's memory and this is the way the world works and so i said if you they were like but you we want people to see it and i said well in in the world that i that we live in and the connections that we have and and the shared experience that we also don't talk about about suicide loss we have somebody very special in our parks and rec department who lost his son to suicide and i know that he would help with whatever needed to happen to find out to, if it's possible to, to place a bench in a public place and how you do yeah. that. And sure enough, those two families got together. And if you go to the skate park, there is this beautiful bench that is in memory cool. of Hunter Sharp. And people can sit on it to rest and watch the skaters. They can, you know, change shoes. They can leave their extra layers they don't yeah. need there, you know, but but it's it's a in memory of, of Hunter and and a place to be. Yeah, know? that's and lovely. So it's a forever thing. It's yeah, like, again, it's yeah. it's building hunters. It is. It's building the legacies. I the first my first um, significant death was also a friend from AIDS, and I was very young. I was in my thirties, and but it's interesting. I've had after my mother's death, though my mother was, of course, my first significant woman, but after her and he was I worked with Clay through the American Cancer Society and um, after Clay my my focus shifted away from the Cancer Society to many other uh -huh. interests but um, it's interesting just in the last two years the number of people in my life I've lost uh -huh. um, I thought 2016 was I had a lot of deaths in 2016 but a friend asked me the other day how many people do you think you know that have died this year? And I said, oh, I don't know, four or five. I started adding them up. I know between 11 and 13, I've lost count. I can't even remember the names. It starts bleeding into mm -hmm. 2016, 2017. And it's interesting because even when my mother died, I had a very, um, I would say maybe pragmatic view of death and my response to it and i've gone through all those stages you know at various stages you don't go through them one two three four five you go through one maybe four maybe around. two maybe five maybe you know. some of them don't affect you. yeah maybe they don't even do it yeah and um it's really interesting that I know that there's people in this world that, you know, if they'd had 11 deaths in one year, that it, they would have been on the floor in a fetal position. And it's, I'm, I miss them, but I, I'm a strong believer in stardust and I'm, I'm on one side happy that they're wherever they are. And uh, so it's been interesting to watch that in me. And, and I feel like too, I don't, I don't even know if we talked about this before, if I've just thought about talking about it here, but vulnerability is such an important key for me to show the vulnerability and not tamp it down and say, Oh no, I'm fine. 
when I'm not fine. I don't feel fine about this, yeah. you know, and it's, it's interesting. Once I decided to grasp that vulnerability and show it and be it, then, then it wasn't so painful. I think it gets more painful when you keep it inside. You I just totally agree can't let it go. And, uh, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey. I, um, uh, kind of a segue here to something else, but, you know, I've been looking for, office space for my for my uh studio and i'm i have all these different spaces in my head and i'm trying to make them work and i'm trying to let go of making it work so that it will just flow mm -hmm. and uh, i think i talked about my friendly shella that died recently um she was about my age and unexpectedly ill um, she had a perforated bowel and died of septic shock. The good news of that is that they also found out she had a lot of cancer. So it, she went quickly as opposed to having to deal with that for a long time. But she was a psychologist and a healer and an energy worker and saved so many people in this town. And it was astounding yeah. at her funeral. Yeah. Um, but in looking for space... Um, there was an office in the building that she had her office in available. And when I went in and talked to the guy, I said, you know, I'm interested to see if Lee's office is available. And he said, well, this is Lee's office. And I said, no, it's not. And he said, yeah, she downsized before she died. So I went up and I looked at the office and I stood in the office and I said, okay, Lee, tell me, should, this is it, this is it. And she said, I didn't get any response. So I went on and I started and it was smallish and I'm looking for more, a little bit more space. So I've been agonizing over this for a couple of weeks. And the other day I was talking to a friend and it just, this light bulb, you know, the, one of those light bulb moments, this is it. And I, I said that it, Lee space is it. That's it. That's the one I want. It's going to be perfect. And I called the, the landlord and he had just rented it. And I kept, I kept thinking, Somebody said, well, then it wasn't meant to be. And I said, no, I think I just didn't listen to the universe. Uh -huh. The universe spoke loudly, uh -huh. but I didn't hear it. And then when it started beating me over the head, it was too late. So um, anyway, going back to losing people, that was a significant one for me. Yeah. And it was in, it's been interesting to process through that one. That's pretty recent. It's very recent. Yeah. yeah. And it came right on the heels of my ex-husband dying too. So there was, there's the last quarter of the year of 2017 uh -huh. was pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 But you know, you I've, I have found my way to get through it. And um, so you know, I think everybody has to find that for themselves. Yeah. It's difficult. And I think counseling is huge. Yeah. You know, I, fortunately I have a lot of friends. The other thing I would say about losing, you know, 11 people in one year, it, what it means is, is I have a very big life and I know a lot of people and I'm of that age. So mm -hmm. there was a, <laughs> there was a Frankie and Grace episode of God not wanting to pick up the the landline because it was always somebody uh, calling to say some, one of their friends had died and they go to a funeral every week. And that when you get of an age, that does happen indeed. 
Yeah. But. And that's that's real. And yeah. one of the things that that I remind myself of, and I've said to other people, is you know, we when we are grieving, when we're feeling that sadness of loss, we need to also pay attention to the fact that it's because we had that wonderful Absolutely. person in yes. our life and the yeah. love with that person. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. And so. If you had to make the choice, yeah, no cool people in my life, and I won't ever feel that pain. Uh huh. Or yeah, I want yeah. cool people in my life, and yes, I'm gonna die before some of them, and some of them are gonna uh-huh. die before me. And there's a I risk involved, way. yeah. But I'll take the risk every time. Like yeah. life, and that's that's one of those important things, man. If we stay away from everything that could cause us pain. We stay away, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been reading, you know, I, I've uh, edited my Facebook stream so that I get a lot of memes about um, thinking in a positive manner world instead of cool. seeing all the politics and grapple that can be on there. And uh, this week I noticed that a lot of the memes that were coming up were about bravery. Hmm. And um, that to go ahead and do the hard stuff, to be brave, to do one small thing, um, that get through the day. And I'm I'm doing this uh, year-long uh, coaching program with Amy Carrillo, and one of her episodes was Eat the Frog. So always I don't know what that means. <laughs> always do the hard thing. If eat eating the frog. the frog is the hardest part, eat the frog. <laughs> I'd be really interested in knowing how, how that happens with that particular <laughs> phrase. Well, because when I think probably in some book, <laughs> when I but when I think about you know what what is the meat and I I don't know if it's for sure, but is this work that she does only with women? Uh, yes, okay. currently. It's okay, just, that was yeah. what I thought. Okay, yeah. so she works with women, <laughs> and one of the lessons is eat the frog. And I'm thinking about fairy tales. And you kiss the frog, the frog turns into a prince. And so my brain is going <laughs> a lot of places like, what, what is the meaning to people of eat the frog? Is it simply the idea of eating frog legs? Is like, you know, I would never do You know, it's like that. That just I takes me. I love frog legs. Off, but it just takes me off in way too many. Like, what does that mean? Which speaks to how my brain, yeah. on some levels, yeah. is, uh, has that creative streak. No, of, just do the hard stuff. Stuff things. first, do the hard stuff. First. Yeah, eat the frog. <laughs> do the hard stuff. Huh? Okay, that might be a topic for uh, <laughs> our soul salon. So I have I, I have a new project, okay. and I I don't know if I've talked about this, but um, I talked about uh, a group that used to get together called um, Shift Two, and it was born out of our. Um, the seminar Jay Pryor and uh, his um, his programs and um, somewhere along the line in the last year the those get-togethers kind of died off and so there were some people that really wanted to 
to meet that because this <laughs> this particular group and we bring in friends and family and, and guests all the time we just feed off of each other's energy and the excitement that everybody brings mm -hmm. to the table and so we decided we wanted to get together again so my friend nan leffingwell and i have started another group called soul salon based out of the salons of the of yeah. the, um, what would that have been? 17th century, maybe, where um, primarily men met because they were only the ones that could go into the universities and study. And so the women started salons so that they could talk about their varied interests. And and it was more than needle pointing and uh, read books and so on. So we started this and that could be, eat the frog might be a topic. We've, we've uh, lined up some topics for discussion. Our first one was in uh, January. And by the way, that we meet um, the third week in January or the third week of the month, the third Thursday of the month at five o'clock. And for the next two months, we'll be at the Jade Garden private room. <laughs> it was a hoot. It was the best place ever. And can you eat dinner while you're well, there? Well, you can, but mostly they have a bar. <laughs> People had snacks, but mostly bar. And um, our first topic was, because it was January, um, what is your word or phrase for the year? Because uh -huh. a lot of people like to do vision boards, not this one. <laughs> I don't like vision boards <laughs> or vision boxes or anything like that. But uh, maybe I should, you know, maybe a new car. I mean, maybe my that's life. a frog that you need. Yeah, to eat, maybe <laughs> that's a frog I need to eat. You're right. You're right. Um, what we resist persists, right? <laughs> um, so, wait, that's kind of scary. Yes, well, it is. This persists in yes. the current time. Yes, it is. And so okay. we should not be resisting. We should be persisting to make the future what we want. That's my tag. Okay. <laughs> um, and that was, God, now I'm all over the place. That was mentioned in the March. Cherie, uh, Rev. Cherie right. talked about we should not be resisting. We should be persistent. Yeah, and I, can, I get yeah. that difference. It's yeah. not just about being negative. Yeah, it's yeah. It's about being poor. Right. Move forward yes, to a yes, better yes. world. But anyway, to the salon. But to the salon. Uh, so our word for the, or we were to introduce each ourselves and just say one word or one phrase that was going to be our word or phrase for 2018, and then we broke up into groups and talked about how we came to that word, how we were going to use that word or phrase to propel us into 2018, what obstacles we thought we might, you know, come up against. And so, but some of our other topics, uh, and I'm going to put Heath Frog on there, um, is, um, oh, what's the book? I'm a badass. You're a badass. Have you seen that book? Oh my God. It's so funny. And I have a button that my daughter gave me that from this book. And it says these phrases and I keep it in my purse. And every once in a while I hit my purse and it'll go off. Feed fear a suck it sandwich. <laughs> Let's see what else. You are a badass. All right. And I, these things, it goes off and I go, you're right. I am a badass. <laughs> One of them is uh, you create your reality, uh -huh. which is my favorite. 
So that's going to be a topic. Then we have uh, who's on your bus? Who's the top five people on your bus? Uh-huh. Do you want them on your bus? Do they deserve to be on your bus? Uh-huh. And who would you put on your bus instead? Uh-huh. I'm going to have a 42 passenger bus. <laughs> I got a lot of people I want on my bus. Um, So these are the kinds of topics that we're going to have. And then we're going to break up into groups and discuss them. And then we come back together. Uh And uh, so one of uh, Nan's word was supercharge. And she got this because Nan Nan is a millennial. And she's a geek. And she um, designs computer programs. She took a class on stacking. I don't know what that is, but it's something about designing computers. And she plays games. She's a gamer. So she was playing Grand Theft Auto. And as she was playing the game, her, uh, the first time she played it, she was supposed to steal the car. No, she was supposed to get the drugs. (laughs) She was supposed to get the drugs. And so she's running after the guy with the drugs and her friend taps her in the game and says, man, the name of the game is Grand Theft Auto. Steal a car. You don't have to run. It's a great memory. It's a great analogy. Just, you know, we, we think we have to work so hard. Steal the car. So one of the groups came up with a t- with a t-shirt, steal the car, get the drugs. And on the back, I would say, ask me how. <laughs> Another one of the tables. And somebody's going to wear that shirt to get stopped by the police. <laughs> I'm just talking about positivity in my life. Right. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Ask me how. One of the groups came up with uh, several different phrases, but it all boiled down to no apologies. And I think, wow. That's got to have context. Well, I think that you can live your life. If you live your life, with intention and now we're talking about doing good here not not intention to do bad but no apologies for who you are okay who you are what you do sometimes we make mistakes that's all i'm gonna say yes and we need to learn how to back up but if you are living your life the way you want to live it and you are who you are and you've spoken that out, which by the way is another topic I just remembered was live who you are, speak who you are. Um, There shouldn't be apologies. I think you're saying there shouldn't be a need for apologies. Yes. That's, that's yeah. And and I'm sensitive to that because I, I have had this recent conversation with somebody about a pattern in a, in a family relationship where when person A stands up and says, what you just said really hurt my feelings, the other person's response yes. is, that isn't what I was meaning. That I wasn't trying to hurt your feelings, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And person A says, you hurt my feelings yeah, that, and the person comes did. back with blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. no, I didn't, I wasn't that one, but, you know, so, so that's, that's my, and I think, I think both people 
believe they're being very congruent mm -hmm. and well-intentioned. So I think sometimes there's a need for apology, but I also hear I agree. That's yes. A, yeah. And, and it's, yeah. The be, it's two of the best words in the, in the language are, I'm sorry. When, when you really need, mean when, it. Yes. <laughs> and you're willing and to change. Needs, <laughs> and it needs to be said. Yes, yes, yes. But, but no, I, I think more if, um, I'm not going to apologize for if I have worked really hard to um, become a good person and the yeah. person I want to be, then I'm not going to make any apologies yeah. for the way I um, the way I color my hair or the way I dress yeah. or the job I have or um, the the way I live out loud. Right. Right. Yeah. That yeah. more of that. It's yeah. more general yeah. than, than specific things. Yeah. No, you still have to apologize sometimes. Yeah. When yeah. you've done wrong, you yeah. better apologize. Yeah. And and know that you've you've done wrong. Yeah. It it makes me think of and I don't say it quite right, but there's a Winston Churchill quote that's something to the effect of if you've never made any enemies, you've never stood for anything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. How many people have blocked me on Facebook? <laughs> I think that's our new uh, our new guideline. I just, somebody told me a friend of mine said that she just came came off her two week um, being um, exercised by Facebook for something she said, and I said, "Oh, you're like the you're like the warrior now. Yeah. You've done it." So weird. <laughs> it is. So weird. Look, it's people. Interesting. So lots of lots of. And you're always about what can we do to have really good lives? What do what can what do I need to do? What do I need to work on? And let Emily work on that as opposed to not just like this. No, we can no. always we can always make changes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because uh, again, in this process that I've been looking for an office uh, office space. Um, so office space in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. Case anybody? Oh God, no! I have four that I have to make a decision today. All I have right. to do it. Um, yeah, and that's the Lawrence, Kansas is very uh, fortunate that they, the my little niche. I'm a kind of a unicorn with what I want. Um, but the process of be, becoming so anxious about it. I get really anxious about it. And I think I, I have to get this done. I thought it was done. I thought I had a space and it, it, it may, may not turn out. So that's why I'm looking at something else and your way into something, trying to make it work uh, when maybe it shouldn't or it doesn't and settling those kind of things have continued to come up for me over the last two weeks. And I think, I'm going to speak generally, but I think a lot of times for women, the way we've been socialized to accommodate. Yes. Yes. Make it work. No, I don't. I truly don't believe we have to, but it's a lesson you have to keep bringing up uh -huh. over and over and over and dealing with that anxiety that it makes you feel that oh, you mean I just have to let go here? And however you want to define that, let go and let God let go and, and let the universe show you the way, whatever, however you want to, um, to vocalize that, you have to surrender to it a little bit. As, if it's as little, it's a, 
an insignificant thing as looking for office space or if it's something major in your life. Yeah. So it's been an interesting what's practice. your process at this point in terms of how you settle into knowing this is the decision that I need to make? Because you're saying yeah. you realize you weren't listening yeah. and you missed an opportunity. I missed an opportunity. Yeah. And so, <laughs> well, so I say I, I want to make this decision by today. I have it pinned down to four different places. They're all very different. Um. And so I'm going to take my friend with me today because she's extremely intuitive. Uh -huh. <laughs> and we're just going to kind of see how those spaces feel. Uh -huh. And, you know, can I throw a little bit more money at this one? Because it's a little bit better in this area, but this one's a lot cheaper. But is that, am I trying to make it work because it's cheaper? Uh -huh. So, yeah, just kind of settling in and, and being in the spaces and see what feels correct for me. Uh-huh. Uh, that's the way I'm doing it. Uh -huh. I mean, other people make pros and cons lists. But... And this is sort of the final step of the decision making. Do you feel yeah. comfortable saying some things about sort of how you identified like what you would be looking for and what kind of process you went through before that? Well, I have a budget. That's first and foremost. Uh -huh. I can't, you know, I can't spend 1200 bucks on a place. Uh -huh. um, so I have a budget and I'm looking within that budget. I'm willing to go outside that budget a little bit if it is the perfect and right space. Um, for me, it's about, will my clients be comfortable? That's, that's the second most important thing. Will my clients be comfortable? Do they have to walk down two hallways to get to a bathroom in the middle of a facial when, you know, all of a sudden somebody decides, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Uh, I'm used to having it right around the corner. So, that's important. Um, what are my neighbors like? Yeah. You know, those kind of things. Who, who's the neighbor? If you, if, uh, one of the places I was looking at initially had a family practice, uh, a family psychology practice. And um, I talked to one of the old tenants and they said there were arguments all the time. Well, yeah, that happens. You but, know? They, but the sounds with transmitted. The trans yeah. So, so yeah. that's, and that goes along with quality for my clients. Right. Um, so those are primary in me in what I'm looking for. I want to have a little elbow room. And and so my question is, how did you, how did you define those as those, these are the key priorities? Do you know how you came to that realization that basically price is a practical one yeah. for clients yeah. as opposed to saying, I, you know, you haven't, and it's maybe implied, you know, could have said, uh, if, if it feels right to me, it'll feel right to my clients. And so it's like, yeah, well, I think that that is true. That is true. Yeah. If I'm comfortable there, they're going to be comfortable there, but there are other little things too. I could maybe, you know, deal with having to go down two hallways to get to the bathroom, but so in, not everybody could. In, what I'm, what I'm pushing for is kind of that, that general guidance as people are listening, like, well, how do I make decisions? Yeah. I have something big going on. You know, do I, do I, and and I'm I'm somebody who thinks it's very helpful to get things out in the air with somebody to, to as opposed to try to puzzle it through. Like I had somebody say, "Well, between my computer and me, I can figure it out." It's like mm, you can get information. You can get information, yeah. But I think there's a lot of benefit in saying something out loud 
and having Absolutely. somebody else talk to you about it, yeah. ask you about it. Not that they're going to say, this is what you should do, but but have somebody else yeah. ask you so that you can really make sure that that you're setting priorities and working on achieving those. I guess I think back to problem, different different kinds of problem solving things that I've been involved with personally and in group situations, community groups, whatever, you know, where somebody says, well, <clears throat> the, the problem is we don't have this in our community. And my question is, well, before we say that's a problem, tell me what you think would be accomplished yeah. by having that in our community. And then let's talk about it. I go back to this. There's this, there's this little problem solving model that I learned probably for the first time when I was, you know, like just came to college and volunteered at Headquarters Counseling Center and blah, blah, blah. But so this acronym SOCKS, S-O-C-S. There's a situation, there are options, there are consequences, there are solutions. Too many times we focus on the well, end result. I've identified yeah. my solution. So my problem is, I, you know, I haven't yet accomplished the solution. Yeah. And and my recommendation is always, let's back up out of that solution. Yeah. What, again, are the what are the benefits? What are the consequences of that solution? Uh huh. And then look at what are other options that might achieve some of those yeah. those different things. And that, you know, and what's the real situation that we're working on? You know, so uh -huh. to get really clear. And then you end up kind of working it the other way and going, okay, so there are these sets of options. And when I compare them to what I'm trying to do, actually, number three is the better fit. And I didn't even realize that yes. before I kind of slowed down and dissected it. Yes. That, well, and that is, I think you have to look at what do you want, but you're right. You have to, what is your end result? Mine is to find a space that is comfortable and economical, mm -hmm. right? And so then you you say, okay, and this is this is part of the training that I did in prior transformations too, that we have to then uh, baby step that out, right? So when so what's your if that's your end result, if that's how your goal, how do you get there? Yeah. So you go back and you say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make time to go look at at space. Yeah. So I have to put that on my calendar. Yeah. So that's your first baby step. But what are some of the other intentions yeah. that you want and how are you going to achieve yeah. those? Yeah. And for me, um, a lot of it is a, f a feeling and emotionally it has to seem it, right. Emotionally yeah. it has to seem right. Yeah. It can't just be completely um, logical. There has to be an emotion to it for mm -hmm. me. So I have certain emotions about certain places. Then I have to check myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, yes, this feels fabulous, but is it really logical? Mm -hmm. Is there, is, is it practical? Mm -hmm. And so then I have to check into that. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, this one space, I love it. It's the perfect space. Mm, but there's two kind of not so safe stairs to get into it. Mm -hmm. Now, what can I do to make those stairs more mm -hmm. better for people? Mm -hmm. Or is that just not going to be it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, because of 
a logistical problem. Mm -hmm. So, but you do have to go back and yeah, you have your goal and then you have to figure out how you get there. And, and I think in checking, you know, like what is, you know, what am I really making my decision on? We have to be willing to challenge ourselves. You know, I might have, I might have a bias that um, being in an older building is really important because I have my belief system about making sure that older buildings in our community yeah, are have continued life. Uh-huh. And so I want to spend, you know, my time and money as opposed to this other thing. Okay, that's that's legit, but I also need to balance that with right. the prize. And as you how practical. Yeah. Is it is it gonna work for yeah. people who need to come right. here? Do other people who I'm in this case your business decision to other people who come to the business is that even important to them you know and it's so it's an interesting thing to look at our biases and i can i can look at it in very different kind of decision making a conversation i had with somebody about a mutual friend's partner and having and i said i have to i'm going to say it out loud and i don't admire myself (laughs) for saying it out loud but i will tell you that one of the things I know that I don't feel comfortable with this person and I know it's because the way he looks reminds me of some other people. I've Isn't that interesting? Past. Yeah. And it has to do, you know, and I said, I don't admire myself yeah. for saying that, but I, you know, I have to admit that's part of it. It's he's yeah. not well-spoken and he's, you know, this and that. And, you know, so, so there's a part of me that, that wonders, is he up and up? And it's, yeah. I said, you know, there's, it's like, even as I say that, it's stupid, <laughs> but, but I, but if I don't say it, it doesn't go away. So right. let me just admit right. it and then maybe I can diffuse yeah. some of that. Yeah. Because once, it, once something is out there, <laughs> it does, it makes it more real. Yeah. And then you can make a choice yeah. as to whether it's a, a correct and right thing for you yeah. or not. Yeah. And I'm gonna it's also very esoteric. Yeah, but. I'm, and I'm gonna sort of create that that art connection possibility. Yeah, some people writing or 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 part of their process yes. is maybe put it on paper and mm-hmm. maybe put it on paper not not that you're trying to write it in a very precise way that everybody else would understand, but maybe you start on paper. I know so many people who use a paintbrush. Uh huh. And that that's some of how they deal with the emotional part of it is, is they paint it out, you know, and, and I'm not talking about just going to a paint wine bar. I'm talking about, you know, whatever yeah. thing comes out of them, you know, some people I know, I, I think about, about a, a, a woman I met at a time after she'd experienced a couple of losses and um, she is a dance student and we were, you know, we were talking and I said, you know, what I think is based on who you are, part of what you need to do to process this is going to be through movement because mm-hmm. that's how mm-hmm. you communicate mm-hmm. at your highest level, you know? Yeah. And so, so there's that part too. Yeah. That, you know, what's, what's your way? What's each individual's way? What's interesting because uh, in, in light of moving, I'm purging, uh-huh. <laughs> which on one hand is fabulous. I, 
I love throwing things away. Uh-huh. <laughs> if they no longer serve me, I get rid of them. It's also terrifying because there's so much of it and I have to pare down so much. Uh-huh. I've accumulated a lot of stuff in a big 1,400 square feet so you're talking about in your for 10 place. years. Uh-huh. Yeah, in my workplace. Yeah. That I'm going to go from 1,400 square feet to, you know, 300. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been purging and I kept all my notebooks for the last 10 years and I went, I just, you know, flipped through them and they were all lists. I was a list maker in the last probably four years. I haven't made lists and it's very interesting that I, and I wonder if I bought a, you know, three ring binder, if I would (laughs) make lists again, but I just haven't had that notebook that I constantly carried around and wrote things down in. You do have that special planner that you, I do, but I don't make lists in it. Well, On so, occasion, I do. Well, I guess not. what I'm thinking is that you have this this tool that if yeah. you wanted to be making lists. At the yeah. Time, oh, I make a list would. for the week. Yeah. But this was, you know, like 20 things for the, that I had to do in the month. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it because I don't have that much space. I had space, so I wrote it out all the time. Do you think it's it was? Do you think it would be helpful for you at this time? Well, I was just thinking that yesterday as I was throwing those three ring binders away. But maybe I had to go get a spiral notebook instead of my fancy ass calendar that <laughs> I have. You can certainly try it. Isn't I think it's funny? possible that it's not yeah. your way at this point. Yeah, I, it may be something that I don't. I no longer need. Yeah. Uh, because I am more verbal now. Uh-huh. And back then I was really in my head about what I wanted and how I had to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that was 10 years ago. That's a long time ago. Uh-huh. So uh, over the last four years, it's I've morphed into something else. It may not need that anymore. I don't know. Uh-huh. But it might be worth 99 cents to see. Try. I I think be open to the possibility that it's not the tool that you need now. But yeah. the one way you'll find out is by trying it. You know, I I can think about how I have certain kinds of lists that I have a certain kind of list that I that I do on the computer as just a document. You know, not, yeah, it's not any fancy um, anything. It's but but when I'm really working day to day I put pen to paper and when I go back and look at that computer document it's sort of a reminder but sometimes it's like oh, that's not really a priority yeah. so it's kind of interesting to me you know that I I don't want to imply that I that I live my life minute by minute only because that's not true but what I I think I will say it as I have earned the right to make more of my own decisions uh, in terms of how I spend my time, which is something, you know, we coming back around. Yes. Before we uh-huh. were on air, you know, that, that I'm at a point in my life where people who are important to me as well as myself, I'm not putting my out of that, but, uh-huh. but that has to be a priority. It has to be, it has to be, I have to be able to, when somebody who is really important to me says, I need this. Yeah. I need something. I need your yeah. time. You need that, to that I need to have a way of that. making that happen. I'm not saying, you know, at every moment, 24 seven, yeah. that, that yeah. I drop what I'm doing, 
but I but I need to be able to fit that in. That's, yes, that's very important to me. And and I you know and and so there are some trade offs that that requires. You know that means I'm not earning the level that I would be if I was tied, you know, 40, 50, whatever hours a week in a traditional mental health therapist job. Um, I don't have, you know, guaranteed salary and, benefits right. and all those kinds of things. There are other things that are important to me too. Yes. So we kind of, as a family made a commitment that it can be okay to do it. Like yeah. This. You have to set those priorities for yeah. yourself. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, um, I, I blame it on the schedule and I don't blame it. I, I, um, I celebrate the scheduling gods because <laughs> there are times that I'll be completely booked all week and I'll think to myself, you know, I really could use a little time this week to do blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, somebody's going to cancel yeah. their appointment and I don't go out, you know, if I want to be busy, I can put it out there that I want that, Filled. But if I don't, I see that as a little, you know, gift of time uh -huh. in the middle of the day uh -huh. that I can pay attention to something else. Uh -huh. And it's lovely to have that flexibility in your life. Mm -hmm. But that is something like you that we establish that we want to have that flexibility in yeah. our lives. Daniel and I are very, you know, people ask because he's retired, what does he do all day? I don't know, whatever he wants. You know, if he wants to spend the day reading, he can. If he wants to go out to the dog park, he can. Uh -huh. But I asked him the other day, would you would you ever consider volunteering for, at the, uh, I think we were talking about the Baker Wetlands. Uh -huh. And he said, well, you know, I thought about it for the first time today, but I don't want to be tied down to us. Because <laughs> you know, uh -huh. he, he has much more flexibility and likes flexibility much more than I do, but it's important to put those things in priority that, yes, I have created a life that now I can, if somebody calls me and they have a need, I can do it. Uh -huh. And I'm frankly looking forward to that more and more, which is why I'm looking for a new space and uh -huh. kind of smaller scale sm business. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Cutting down a little bit. Uh -huh. So. Yeah. And so, you know, for people who are listening, it's like you, you get to reevaluate at different times. You can. You can make choices. And we, yeah, we have to be pragmatic about, you know, I have to I do have stuff a place to pay the bills. To, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I have to figure out how that's going to work. Yeah. But sometimes it works differently. And sometimes you realize there are things that you cannot spend money on that really are not painful to give up. It's just a habit. You know? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like my friends who who will pick up dinner a lot of times after work. It's like you could you could buy, you know, and, and that the same person might say, well, I don't shop at the Merck because it's yeah. too expensive. It's like, yeah. you just spent $8 <laughs> picking up a sandwich. A sandwich, yeah. One sandwich, one meal. <laughs> I'm just saying. You could afford yeah. to eat better right. quality Food well, unless home. you're talking Taco Tuesday, there's nothing cheaper <laughs> than Taco Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we'll get into, so who has an Instapot and what are they cooking? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there's whole pages now on Facebook about Instapot recipes. <laughs> my husband, who does all the cooking, says it's just a glorified pressure cooker. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So he went out and bought a new pressure cooker at the Salvation Army. 
<laughs> we have our own Instapot now. We had a little neighborhood meeting last night, and at the end of it, we were chatting about random things. And oh, cooking came up. We were just talking generally, you know, who cooks, who doesn't cook. Yeah. People in the, in the room, and somebody said something about his Instapot is even better than his rice cooker was. And I said, I still cook rice in a pot in a, a lid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first. <laughs> I know, but you know, yet we have a kitchen full of gadgets that we hardly ever use. It's amazing what we've got in that kitchen. But pots and pans, pretty good thing. Yeah. Uh, and it gets it circles back to that thing of you know where do you spend your time and money? Yeah, and, and to yeah. look at that periodically and say, does this reflect? priorities are i mean it, it it actually does reflect what your priorities are because yes. of what you're doing yes. but is yes. it what you want them yeah. to be you know and so i get back again and again to saying you know buy local you know go to mm -hmm. the farmer's markets when it's open. Yeah. shop at local businesses do that before you spend your money on a big online reel you know the, mm -hmm. the, all those websites that you can at this point, get pretty much everything from anything. It. Yes, absolutely support anything. Support the, the closer <laughs> the closer your money goes to people who are actually creating this thing. Yeah. the more impact it has. You're you're so right, and yet there are other people that their lives are so regimented and so busy and so full that all they can do is order their toilet paper online because they don't have five minutes to go to the grocery store. And I would say so, they should look at that. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. you know, well, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I will, you know, I, I sometimes have people who I'm working with and who will say, you know, well, I didn't want to call you because you're so busy. And I said, so you don't like the word busy. I don't either. Because it, it seems to have a hierarchical connotation. It does. That it, you're more important than I am. And I, and I said, you know, every every person is busy uh -huh. and the work that we have that we're doing looks very different for somebody the work is literally how do i stay alive this hour, right this hour and this hour and this hour and for somebody else you know they're going to their office and somebody you know whatever right. things yeah but there's no there is no true this is more important work than this is no more, you know and that, that and well and i think busy can also become an excuse i'm so busy well, that, yes, it makes you look more important. And it also does not open yourself to other po possibilities that might happen in your life. Mm -hmm. And there is a good busy and there's bad busy. When I'm busy during the week and I say, wow, I'm really busy. That's fabulous. That means I've got a lot of clients coming in that week. But if I'm just saying, oh, I'm so busy, that's a that's not good because it's weighting me down. So there's a way of looking at it, but I, I too do not like that word. It kind of makes be, me crazy. We can be more specific in, in our language. How we and, use that word. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it reminds me that, that a lot of times we have questions that are sort of typical questions that come up in conversation. Oh, so what do you do? Uh -huh. What do you do means who you work for? What's yeah. your job? Yeah. You know? But that's not literally what that question no. means, uh -uh. and it and it again puts people on the 
defense. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my one of my stories that's similar related to somehow related to that is I always remember back when my brother was anyway. Um, <laughs> he's more friendly to me. I'll just that. <laughs> I remember being at a at a party, a birthday party of, of my brother's, his, and uh, he was introducing me to friends of his who were there, and it was like, you know, this is my sister Marcia, this is Doctor So and So, and this is Doctor So and So, and this is Doctor So and So, and and I'm kind of smiling and and you know on the verge of laughing, and finally I turn to my brother and say so interesting how all your friends have the same first name (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) just saying yeah yeah is it yes that is interesting (laughs) and i think we all have somebody like that person that does that yeah. to other people yeah you know, think about the impact and we can only think about stuff when it's been brought to our attention you know we have to be exactly aware of it. and so you might think well shit i never thought about that i do that all the time mm-hmm. you know it's like okay well then now you have the opportunity to yeah to do that yeah time. or you can choose to do that and be that person <laughs> <laughs> that's true but then it <laughs> Acknowledge that you are making a choice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, I wear a. I have a button on on my small purse that says "Be kind." And so yes. Said, Why do you wear that? And I said, "Because it'll poke me if I'm not being kind." I need a reminder. <laughs> That's why I have this button. <laughs> When I'm, when I'm being judgy, when I'm in the store, I can put, put that. You create your reality. Oh, you're right. So interesting thinking about all this stuff, real life stuff. And although people won't hear this in time, I just want to say, I know we both give a huge shout out to Brandon. I oh, because my we're hero. recording on Friday, the 26th and tomorrow is Saturday, January 27th, 2018, and it's another Transformations Gala. Yep. And this time we're going to transform the men. Yes, beyond I, the men. The name of that is so perfect yeah. because it when I, uh, well, because I've been in it twice, um, it popped up in my memories on Facebook uh, for two years ago, on uh, yesterday, Thursday. and. It was so wonderful to, <clears throat> pardon me, relive those memories uh-huh. and the friendships that I developed out of that uh-huh. and the person I became out of that. Uh-huh. It really is transformational. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm so fortunate to have been in that. And I can, yeah. this is the first time I'll see it. Uh-huh. I'll be in the audience. That's so cool. I'm going to dress up crazy. And so because this is an annual event, even though listeners yeah, this broadcast won't have the opportunity to get it on. It's been sold out for a long time anyway. Yeah. Um, Transformations is this, this wonderful performance event that raises awareness and funds for local services. Local charities, yeah. Really wonderful. And it's the brainchild and and is organized primarily by Brandon Eisman, who is this amazing person. 
And if you want to experience Brandon sometime before <laughs> January in a year, he also does this beautiful thing with the Lawrence Public Library with Deja Brooks reading yes. Rainbow. And the next one of those is coming up in April. And it's this wonderful thing. Doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, it's a children's story time. Adults are welcome with or without kids. I went to the January one. Did you get to? First time. I, yeah, couldn't. I was I out of town, it. so I couldn't go. And and Deja Brooks is this lovely lady. And so there is Brandon um, <laughs> inside Deja Brooks, um, sort of wrangling children of different ages with their behaviors and comments, <laughs> which is so cute. It is. See. Deja interacting with these kids who sometimes want to really bring all the attention to them for a very long time. And maybe that's not what can happen in this setting, you know, and, and it's just, it's so cute. And they were, they were parents, they were babies, they were bigger kids, they were grandparents. I mean, it, the, the yeah. that I yeah. identified, you know, that, you know, there'd be three generations of the family. Yeah. Oh, this is so cute. And I loved, I love, because I, I have a two-year-old grandson. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I love that this in this one family, I'm talking to the one who's the grandmother, and she's telling me about how what she really likes is going to the drag brunches. Yes, you know? well, like, I yeah, do too. All these <laughs> things, and and drag is another one of those arts, you know, and that 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 reminder and what the story times are about is that everybody is beautiful and valued and belongs. Yes, that's what it's about, you know, and and my my push towards kind of experiencing more drag came from NPR, listening to Terry Gross and RuPaul. <laughs> and RuPaul said, drag saves lives. And I it thought, does. So Isn't true. Fabulous. We all need to be who we are. We need that expression. And it is an art. Um, oh, it's an incredible art. Yeah, yeah. I'm always amazed at the yeah. shows in Kansas City and the shows here that are so much fun and to watch those guys transform themselves into another person uh-huh. is it's just mesmerizing to me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, and as you say that somebody who's on my mind, and this has nothing to do with drag, but it gets back to the art thing and, and transformation thing. You know, we go through so many different experiences in our lives and sometimes, um, I have one poet friend in New York, Rob Plath, who who talks about tattoos and scars as both being kind of oh. representations of of experiences in our life. Yeah, you know whether it's a, a, a planned tattoo or a scar from some right. kind of whether it's self harm or other injury. You know, and and it's an interesting idea. And and I have a dear friend who recently um, started working in the school system. And who realized that um, a tattoo that she has on her arm, on her lower arm, was so not who she is anymore Uh and not something that she wanted to have kids see in in other ways that she can be a role model and then to have this particular tattoo on her arm. And so she made a choice to have that tattoo covered with another tattoo that's Uh very beautiful. Um, a very beautiful tattoo that's that has roses going around her her the lower part of her arm. Kind of, it's it's not a typical sleeve because it's like wrist. It's like a cuff. Yeah, yeah, a wide a wide cuff. Yeah, um, and it's beautiful. And and so you know, she had sent me some pictures of the new tattoo, and 
And I said, you know, this is, it's so cool in so many ways. And I, this is a person who I just, she's a passionate advocate for so many people and open about her experiences and all this stuff. And, and so I said, you know, it's, and it's, it's a gift to you mm-hmm. to no longer have that visual reminder of that time yes. in your life, as well as to everybody who sees this new art. And for those who you choose, you can, you can tell the story of how yeah. that new art came. Exactly. You know, and that's your choice. And, and her response back to me was, you are the first one who, who got that part, that personal part for me. Really? It really, it really wasn't just about didn't want the kids to see it. It really yeah. was. I you don't to need to see that, that anymore. Yeah. Because I have trans. And, and you, you st- it's still there. The memory of it is still yeah. there, but you don't need the reminder every day yeah. because that can, that can be uh, detrimental at yeah. times. So, yeah. yeah. Good for her. So cool art. Cool art. Love art. Yeah. Whether it be on skin or canvas. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Dance, Dance yeah. music. Yeah. Art for Social Causes. I'm going to just put in a brief plug and then we're going to be done for this day. People's State of the Union is a conversation. Um, um, If you look at the U.S. Department of Arts and Culture, Lawrence Field Office, you'll see that the Commons at KU is the host, uh, the co-host of the event this year, which is having people speak and be heard about their experiences of belonging and not belonging. Uh, and all of those stories from people who are willing, people all over the country, get from people who are willing, get uploaded, and then they become part of a poetic State of the Union. Nice. That's called the People's State of the Union Address. So that's coming up yeah. on Saturday, February 3rd at the Commons at KU. Okay. The Commons Good. and U.S. Department of Arts and Culture, Lawrence Campus Field Office, um, have links to the event. And so people who want to become part of that poem or just be part of that experience. Yeah. Most welcome. That that's a nice experience and that will be on your yeah. blog I site. Now, right? Yes. I mean okay. this show. Podcast. So I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank you, Jenny. Oh thanks Marcia. It's always good. Yeah. You know, we talk about some fun stuff and we talk about some important stuff yeah. I think. Yeah. And uh, you know I hope Somebody gets something out of it besides you do. and me. Yeah, but I know they, I know do. they do too. Yes, I know yes. Brandon always listens I and nothing else. Brandon. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, and so long.